Hey, what up, everybody? This is VP. And if you remember from last week, I do have a new way I set up the podcast. So I'm going to introduce my uh, guest today by previewing one of his sets that he has. He is a comedian, by the way, um, from New Jersey. So um, I'm going to preview one of his sets. But before I do that, I just wanted to remind everybody that I do have a new EP out. It's called Lost Poet. Um, And if you go check that out for me, I'd greatly appreciate it. Um, And I did just drop a podcast uh, last night on YouTube. um, And it is titled Invest in Podcast Nas um, King's Disease Review where I, I go over Nas's brand new album, King's Disease. I mentioned Bryce Vine's album. Um, so if you go go check that out on YouTube, um, just type in Invest in Podcast and it should pop up. But um, as for right now, I'm going to preview um, this gentleman's uh, set, Kevin Brady. So here it is. So, I've been getting mistaken for homeless a lot lately. That's not funny. That's a condemnation of all of my life choices. So, uh, quick show of hands, uh, really diverse crowd. Show of hands, how many uh, Caucasian people do we have in the audience? Alright, this turned into a Unite the Right rally really quick. Alright. Um, so growing up, uh, I had a pretty large family. My mom's parents lived in the house with us, and my grandfather, like most men of his generation, served during uh, World War II. He was a member of the U.S. Army, but most men of his generation didn't absolutely believe that Nazis were going to come back, and haha, <laughs> surprise, uh, but my grandfather was so convinced that Nazis were going to make a comeback that he mandated that none of his sons none of his grandsons could be circumcised. His reasoning was, that's how the Nazis knew who the Jewish soldiers were. (laughs) I mean, very fair point. Um, A few very important things to keep in mind. Um, Brady is not a very common Jewish surname. Um, My mom did the 23andMe. She's 2% Ashkenazi. I have a hairy chest and anxiety. That's as Jewish as we get. Secondly, my grandfather fought in the South Pacific during World War II. Not a lot of Nazis named Takashi. And most importantly, you all know way too much about my penis now. Welcome to Invest in Podcasts. This is VP. I am here today with the very funny Kevin Brady. How you doing, man? Oh, just fine and dandy. Another beautiful day in northern New Jersey. <laughs> so are you, are you, so I thought you were uh, moved up to um, New York. I thought that's where uh, your so, move was. Yeah, so I'm a, that's one of the beautiful parts about this area of the country is that um, you can live in the New York metropolitan area without having to pay New York rent. Uh, I'm, I live in uh, the city of Hackensack, New Jersey, which is, uh, if we're talking straight line, probably about 15 miles from Times Square. 
but oh, my uh, rent is about a third of what it would be anywhere in the city. So um, get all the proximity without uh, as much of the rent. So that's nice. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a benefit, man, for sure. Um, so I I was just um, wanting to get your story, man. How how did you get started in comedy exactly? Well, it it was kind of a long time coming. Um, I've been involved in the arts in some capacity, uh, honestly, since I was about eight, nine years old. Um, you know, my mother, uh, my mother, my sister, and my grandmother—they all sang with uh, with the church choir. Uh, my grandmother sang with the USO during World War II. So, you know, I had primarily at first music in the house. Um, so that's where I really got started. But when I was in fifth grade, I think it was probably ten, uh, I did a, a school play. So I started with acting, enjoyed that, but. It was really, you know, in my mid-teens where I started focusing on music. Uh, I spent most of my 20s, actually pretty much the entirety of my 20s, playing uh, playing in a heavy metal band and acting in community productions, uh, background work in movies and things like that. And then it wasn't until a few years ago where I just kind of, you know, said, you know, you've always loved stand-up, you've always loved comedy. Um you know, it's something to try. Just do it. You know, why Why have you not done it? Um, so it was March of 2018, I think it was. Uh, March 20th, I think, was the actual day. Uh, I had found an open mic in New York. Uh, I said I was going to go and do it. Went up, did five minutes, and I tell everybody the worst thing that could possibly happen the first time you do stand-up comedy happened. And that was people laughed, you know, yeah. uh, if I went up there, did five minutes and I didn't get any type of response, I'd be able to say, well, I tried it. Didn't work out. I never need to do comedy again, but no, I, uh, it was a long time coming, you know, 20 years or so, uh, watching and participating in the arts and always loving stand up. And finally I just said, I got to do it. And yeah great time to start <laughs> yeah that's awesome man so you, you said you're acting and in a band did did it um either one of those two get to like a a certain height like where you wanted it to go or did did you just go um, like as far as you could with those things and then just decide to quit or are you still like is that something you're still pursuing well, with the uh, with acting uh it, it's something i'm still pursuing uh it's it's definitely I don't want to say it's taking a back seat. Uh, it's one of those things that acting in general, uh, is, you know, obviously with the world being on fire right now, has kind of taken a, a step back for most people. But it's still something that I've pursued. Uh, you know, I've done some community, uh, you know, community theater shows over the last few years. Uh, I've done some background work. Um, you know, no, nothing major. Uh, honestly, I don't even think any of the things I've filmed wound up making it into the final product. But, you know, they still paid me, so it doesn't matter. But, uh, you know, it's still something I'm pursuing. It's just, you know, it's uh, I'm hoping, you know, the maybe comedy leads me to an opportunity with acting or acting leads me with an opportunity with comedy. Um, but as for music, you know, I uh, when I first started playing guitar, uh, you know, I got my first guitar for my 14th birthday 
And, you know, that's when I decided I was going to become a rock star. And, mm. you know, I, I will say that I did, I, I achieved more with music than I honestly ever really imagined I would have. Um, you know, I've always been relatively realistic when it comes to the arts as a profession. You know, I've always loved it. I'm always going to do it, but it takes a lot of hard work, a lot of dedication, and sometimes just a good amount of luck to actually make it as a job where you mm-hmm. can live mm-hmm. your life just doing that. And, you know, with music, I never really... I never made anything of it. Um, but, you know, we, the, the band I was in, we had a pretty dedicated following. Uh, I, I can say with no uh, reservations that, you know, we s- did very well. We had fans literally all over the world. Uh, I've, I sent, uh, you know, CDs and T-shirts from everywhere to, you know, from Japan to the UK uh, to, to Africa, you know. <laughs> Uh, literally all over the world and you know at the end of the day it's something that I really enjoyed I wouldn't trade it for anything but I also know that it's a very hard path to uh, to take depending on other people for your own happiness your own you know personal fulfillment with it Um, and focusing on acting and comedy is a lot more liberating because the only person that you're beholden to is yourself. You know, yeah. if you're not happy with something, yeah. you do the work, you make it better. Uh, if you're in a band and something's not working out, you know, somebody's you know not, you know, the right fit or something's not working musically, it's, you know, it's a joint effort type thing. But, you know, if I go up and tell a joke and it doesn't work, okay, scratch that. I'll come back to it another time. So, yeah, music's definitely uh, it's, it's still something I I do recreationally, but no, it's a uh, it's definitely definitely in my past comedy music. That's that's where I'm at now. Yeah, you you just you feel like um, it seems like you're just a, a creative type of guy, you know? Like you just have your hand in everything. Like you you're willing to try um, whatever comes to mind, you know? It, has that is that something that was instilled into you young, or or where do you get that? that determination and try something. Yeah. I mean, uh, part of it is that, you know, um, you know, with, with me growing up, I did have, uh, I, I was lucky in the sense that I had a big family. Um, you know, I also had my grandparents living in the house with us. So, you know, my grandparents, you know, with any grandparent, you know, they always want the best for the grandkids. They always give them the opportunity to, you know, do any you know silly thing. Um, but, you know, being exposed to everything from, you know, classical and opera with my grandmother to you know, modern rock and roll music, you know, growing up in the early 90s and everything in between. Musically, I was exposed to everything. Um and it was kind of a, you know, if you want to try something, try something. You know, when when I was eight years old, I was absolutely convinced I was going to be the starting second baseman for the Boston Red Sox, but <laughs> it wasn't in the cards. <laughs> Although they're terrible this year. I might have a chance. I just got to reach out to them. Um, you got to go, go out for trials, man. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they I couldn't do much worse. I'll say that. I couldn't couldn't make them much worse. Um, 
but yeah, I was just, I was allowed to, you know, try, I don't want to say I was, I was allowed to try everything, but I was given the, you know, a long enough leash that I was allowed to try different things. Um, you know, I think the, the worst thing that my parents ever did to me growing up was indulge my interest in the arts, because if I didn't have that opportunity, if I didn't expose myself that way, you know, okay, I would have turned my attention to something a little bit more, you know, worthwhile or lucrative. Uh, you know, I could have been a lawyer or a doctor or something like that, but instead I'm telling dick jokes to strangers in basement clubs. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So what, what I find interesting with, with a lot of comedians, you know, um, it seems like there's a lot of uh, the, the metaphor, uh, tears of a clown, like they, they take their more um, funny, the funniest moments um, that they tell on stage come from really dark places in their lives. Do you feel like that's something that applies to you at all? I mean, to uh, to an extent, uh, I I would say with the, uh, I mean, you kind of nailed it with with a lot of comedians is that they usually do try and find the uh, the the silver lining of any storm cloud. Um, a lot of my jokes, a lot of what I've done is uh, when it is self-referential, it's it's more in the along the lines of somewhat embarrassing silliness, uh, more so than deep-rooted psychological trauma. But, you know, there there's, I think, a little bit of that element for just about everybody. Um, I mean, right, I would say right now the... Uh, the most deeply personal, like somewhat scarring joke that I even do is uh, a story about my cousin, Matt, who uh, decided it was going to be the height of comedy to terrorize me at three years old by saying that my sister's Cabbage Patch kids were going to come to life like Chucky and murder me in my sleep. So, uh, yeah, I've gotten over it. Uh, it took 20 years, but I got over it. Um, <laughs> But no, it's, it, there's there's a, a kernel of truth in that for every comedian, and you know, being able to take those not good things and trying to find a pause, uh, you know, a, a humorous slant on them is, you know, a good coping mechanism. Not necessarily something that I've personally really explored too much, but you know, it's it's definitely I think a, a factor in a lot of people's comedy. So. Yeah, because I like me personally, like I'm a big fan of like comedic actors as well as comedians. Like I really like mm. one of the people I really like is Chris Farley. Like he like I grew up like watching all his movies, man. And and to know like more of his background as an adult and then just kind of like see how it played out in his life. It's like that, like that kind of um, it didn't ruin it, like the, his persona for me, but it made me look at him like way different you know like i like, yeah i don't yeah it's just it's an interesting point you know of you i mean there's there's a lot of different uh you know comedians and and, and actors that i could definitely point to uh but i mean kind of like what you're saying with uh with chris farley is that you know there are those you know instances with a lot of people where you can feel it's much more earnest with their performance because it's something that actually, you know, came from them. Like not that growing up in, um, you know, a millionaire's household and gr growing up in a mansion 
doesn't mean you can't have a bad upbringing. But, you know, I just think of, uh, you know, a lot of different people, like even, uh, you know, going into sports like Marshawn Lynch, you know, running back in the NFL, uh, his his background, you know, he was talking about how when he was a kid, he would have to pick bugs out of his cereal. And, you know, his family didn't always have money for electricity or clothing or food, and they had to make do with what they had. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a lot of the if you're willing to put the work in to change your situation, you may not get to the mountaintop, but you know, you can, you can definitely improve your, your standing. Like, um, like, you know, even Woody Harrelson, you know, his, his dad was in prison. He was on the FBI's most wanted list, you know, for, mm-hmm. for, for I think 10 years or something like that. Um, you know, nothing, nothing crazy like that in my life, but, um, you know, I think, uh, we grew up in a good, uh, you know, stable household. Like I said, I had my grandparents as a stabilizing factor as well. Um, we were not rich by any stretch of the imagination. We were, we did okay. Um, the one thing my parents always instilled in me was, you know, you may not get everything you want, but we'll make sure you get everything you need. And I can safely say there's very little that I I would want for as a kid and you know, I'm, I made it to adulthood having all my needs met. And, you know, I, I have very simple taste. I don't need extravagance or anything like that. And, you know, I'm just kind of see, uh, see myself as being down to earth, you know, very realistic with it. I'm doing pretty okay with comedy. Hopefully once the world comes back to normal, it's something that I can, you know, turn into actual nine to five work, but mm-hmm. no, here we are. <laughs> so on your on your pursuit of this of of comedy, man, like um I know you, you edit your videos um that you have posted of, of your sets and things like that and you you feel like you work on, on your material a lot. Your 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 act that I've seen um is is pretty well rounded personally from, from my point of view. Like you're you're a very funny dude, man. And I like are you are you thinking of like how long would it take for you to like do a like comedy a, a stand up hour a special or whatever it, uh, it's called? Is that something that was, is really yeah. necessary for like a, a comedian at your status right now, or is that more like of a famous comedian type thing? You know, it's 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 neither nor. Uh, you know, it's it's not that it's necessarily. Uh, essential at the level i'm at but it's also not uh something that's outside the realm of possibility i mean i can speak for me personally uh myself you know if we're talking anything in the area of like a a special or an album or what have you um you know that would probably be a good year at the earliest before i'd be you know comfortable enough with all of the material that I would need to really stretch that out. Um, You know, uh, but at the same time, there are people out there that kind of, I don't, I'm not saying luck. It's not luck. They're the type of people that they're able to go out and almost out the gate, they have enough material and it's ready. It is ready to be put to tape, put to video and they're able to get that, get out there and do that. 
Um, you know, if, if somebody came to me and said, Hey, we got a 20 minute video that we need to fill out. We need a comedian for 20 minutes. Are you able to do it? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I can get up there. I can do, do the 20, give you your special and be good. But am I ready to you know, sit down and write out, uh, you know, write out material for an hour? Uh, you know, that's, that's a ways down the road, but, um, you know, there's there's a lot of comics out there that are doing it. Um, a friend of mine, comedian in the city named Steve Rogers, uh, he actually just got done recording. Uh, I think it's his first album. Um, he recorded it a couple weeks ago. He's getting ready to put it out in the next few weeks and months. And, you know, I don't think I'm there. I don't think I'm ready. Um, but, you know, I could be. Who knows? Yeah, but, for sure. Yeah. Like, what one of my favorite comedians is uh, Dane Cook, and that's just from the generation that I was I was growing up in, you know. And um, yeah, what what I thought was cool was he was like the one of the first people to use the social media thing to put his stuff out. He he did his own comedy album, and he was like I've heard him just talk about how he was just selling them at every show, and and that was one of the things that helped him get to that uh comedy central special and things like that and and start building his own platform that's the only reason why i ask about the about the hour you know um i yeah i I thought it was an interesting take on it you know yeah and and that's you know it's funny you actually specifically bring up dane cook because in talking uh about my friend steve and his album you know that's something that was brought up was that the best way to kind of get out there and promote and market yourself is having, having a tangible physical product. And, you know, that's, that's something that does uh, definitely helps, uh, especially with comedy, you know, when you have a band or you're an actor, um, you know, if if you're in a band, you got, you have t-shirts, you have albums, you have a tangible item that somebody who likes your product can be like, Hey, I'm going to go and see them after the show. I'm going to buy their shirt. I'm going to buy their album. Uh, if you're an actor, people like, Hey, that guy does a lot of really good work. I'm going to go see his movie. I'm going to buy the DVD when it comes out. Um, you know, there is that tangible asset. And that's something I think a lot of comedians overlook is that, you know, yeah, at the end of the day, we are heavy air quotes around the word artist. Mm-hmm. We are artists and, you know, we're we're out there doing our art and we're hoping that people are enjoying it. Um, but if it's something that you want to have as be more than just a medium for self-expression, you need to have that product. And if that happens to be an album, happens to be a shirt, et cetera, et cetera, you know, that's, that's up to the individual. Um, I know for me personally, I don't think we're near that end of it, you know, recording and all that. Uh, but, you know, a, uh, a, a, co- a comedian friend of mine in Massachusetts, you know, she does graphic, uh, graphic design stuff and she started doing design work for other comedians and you know hosting it through her own uh her own i think it was t public site and you know you can promote your shirt you can promote your sticker because she'd made the design based around you and one of your jokes and somebody wants to put it on a t-shirt cool here's a t-shirt with your joke and face on it here's a notebook with your face and joke um 
so I mean, there is some of that. You know, there is very small amount of that right now. Um, but to your point about Dane Cook taking the opportunity to um, almost exploit new media, new new forms of self promotion, he was huge on MySpace. That's what got him into you know the you know the public knowledge outside of you know the Boston area is he was able to reach people across the country and then he was reaching these people across the country and then all of a sudden oh well Comedy Central comes knocking and then Hollywood comes knocking and then you know his brother embezzled a couple million dollars from his company and yeah. <laughs> that's a <laughs> and then it all went back. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> all went away yeah and and with um putting out all all the material and stuff like that on cd or something do you like is i like i know one thing comedians are worried about is uh joke death i don't know if it's a big worry but i mean personally i would feel like if my material is not ready to put out yet and i'm working it and then another um person saw it and they thought of a funnier bit you know, and they took that whole premise from me and, and so on and so forth, you know, um, putting out those jokes, it, it, like it could lead to to a, a joke theft uh, um, situation, too. Would that be something? Uh, is that something that you're always um, aware of or concerned about? It, I can't say I'm not concerned by it. Um I mean, some of it for me is a little bit more self-deprecating in the sense of, oh, somebody thought my joke was good enough to steal. Awesome. Um, (laughs) But I think it's, I I actually, I I, I consider it a little bit kind of like with music, you know, with music, there's 12 notes, period. Mm -hmm. You know, you start at A, you go through all the notes and you go back to A. Um, So every piece of music that's been written since the dawn of written recorded music has been within that same 12 note range. And yeah, there will be times where there are people inspired by, um, you know, people will steal music blatantly, you know, but chord progressions, um, you know, key changes, things like that. You know, there's a finite amount of, room that you have to work in with specific types of music so at the end of the day i think a lot of comedians a lot of their jokes if you just get to the bare bones premise of it you know a lot of it winds up being you know inspired by mm-hmm. and uh, recycled from um it, it is not impossible to come up with an entirely new idea but for every one totally new unique joke premise there is going to be that laundry list of you know set up punch that's unique to you as uh as a writer but the concept is still relatively universal um you know i think every comedian does have their own unique voice their own interpretations of it and unless you have a situation where somebody is quite literally taking the words out of your mouth word for word verbatim you know you can say ah well somebody told a joke similar to that okay maybe i won't tell that anymore um but i i haven't had a situation where i've been on the receiving or giving end of that so it's not something that i keep at the forefront of my mind 
but you know it it is something to think of you know something to you know keep in mind and um you know i think the people that do things like that are ultimately exposed for it and they suffer you know suffer the repercussions of it for so. sure for sure man and as you work on on like your as you're writing your jokes and things like that with your experience as a, a actor um have you ever thought about like writing like a script, a comedic script or anything like that to make like a short film or have you ever thought about like doing anything like that? It's uh, I I've done some sketch work. Uh, I will say um, in regards to like writing out a, a plot idea. Um, there are a few thoughts in the back of my head that have, um, you know, kind of rattled around, but I've not actually, you know, put pen to paper to write and, you know, elaborate further. Um, you know, I've done a little bit of actual sketch writing, um, but it's not something that I've really put enough time and energy into to actually take an idea and fully flesh it out to a specific length. Um, it's not something that I'm opposed to doing. Um, and as you said, being involved in, in acting and seeing it from an actor's perspective, um, it is something that I feel as though is within my possibility, you know, realm of possibilities. It's just not something that I have taken the time to really hammer home and flesh out. But yeah, uh, I would say it's definitely on the horizon. You seem like a really funny dude that would, that like, and thinking about your experience, like, it seemed like you would write something like really funny. You, you like your, your demeanor on stage. When I, when I see your videos, like I could just see yourself, I could see the, the actor experience on stage, the way you uh, present yourself and, and carry yourself on stage. I'm like, and then you tell me that you're an actor. I'm like, that totally makes sense. That's <laughs> why, that's why I'm like, yeah, man, this guy should, should do something um, for himself, man. Like we're, well, I mean, these people aren't aren't cutting you or uh, editing you into their, these films. I mean, of course you're getting paid, but I mean, <laughs> to do all that work, I mean, I, I would want like some something on on film, you know, if I did the work, you know, and, and I, I would think that you you would do something very well, um, like either a short film or, or just some some skits that you could record like. Uh, I, I see dudes all the time, like on Facebook, that do these little sketches and skits, you know, for themselves. I think, like personally, I feel like you'd be really, really funny and successful at that. Well, man. The funny thing is, is that uh, with lockdown and all that, my wife has decided that the best use of her time is TikTok, and she's been telling me over the like last three, four weeks, she's like, you should get a TikTok, you should get a TikTok, and for me, it's like, I am a 35-year-old man, I am not downloading <laughs> TikTok, I will not do it, cannot do it, oh, hey, look at all these comedians I know that have over 10,000 followers on TikTok, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it's it's weird, it's, we're in a weird time, man, just like all these different social media outlets that that are able to help at the same time you're always there's you always feel skeptical to them you know 
And, and it's just, it's such a weird time to try to put yourself out there just because there is a ton of, a ton of content, man. Like it, it feels like nobody will watch it, but eventually someone will definitely watch it or listen or do, you know, somebody will stumble upon it, you know? Yeah. And, and, yeah. uh, to that end, you know, my wife has been on TikTok, I think, for like six weeks. And she's like, look at this. I just hit 500 followers. And I'm like, I've been on Twitter for almost a decade. I have under 200. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's moving so fast, man. And, and yep. it, it's interesting, man. It really is. But um, any what, what I wanted to um, what I want to get from you is. uh what i do with this podcast it's called invest in podcast just because i want to know how people are investing in themselves to to get to that certain point of success that they want with their with their craft and with their talent as a creator you know um and i just want to know you you talked a little bit about how how you do it and how you're investing in yourself a little bit more what point do you want to get to with your career so that for me that's a little bit of a a loaded question because for me I can safely say I would be 100% happy and comfortable with the arts whatever it may be as a job knowing that I make enough money to support my family that's making it for me like that is success um would I love to have my name in lights hollywood premieres etc cetera, etc cetera? Absolutely. I would, I'm not I'm not going to say no to that if it comes knocking. But at the end of the day, you know, if I, you know, am able to have a long comedic career, you know, make money doing it, not have to work a nine to five regularly. You know, that to me is success. That's taking something that I've invested my time and energy in, whether it's acting, whether it's music, whether it's comedy, it's something that I have committed my life to and i'm supporting myself with it um you know i i actually was talking to a, a friend of mine about this and he was like well who would you want to model your career after and i actually said with almost zero hesitation lavelle crawford um you know and i first of all a lot of people don't even know who lavelle crawford is but they know who he is. Um, he was uh, Huel uh, Babineau on Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. And, you know, he's been doing stand-up for 20, 30 years, something like that. He's, he's been doing comedy a long time. And he's very well-known, very respected, very successful in his niche of comedy. He's had HBO specials. He was on Last Comic Standing. He was on two, you know, international blockbuster television shows and he's doing okay like <laughs> he he lives strictly off of money he makes doing comedy and residuals from his movies and tv shows and there's still a degree of anonymity to him like he's able to live his life go out fishing go to the store just be lavelle who lives down the street that funny dude and be completely anonymous to a degree and you know that's that's something that i would love to be able to to have where i could 
be successful, know that I have a career, that people who know who I am know who I am, but wouldn't know me from any, you know, from any random dude on the street. You know? Yeah. Yeah, man. And and I feel like, uh, I feel like you're, you're talented enough to do what you need to do, man. And, and I like just listening to your material, man, like it, it's, it's really good. And, and I, I can't wait to hear what you have coming up. I, I subscribe to your YouTube, man. I, I want to hear what you got next, man. But um, I want to thank you for coming on my podcast. I, I want to thank you for your time. And, and I appreciate you doing this with me, man. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. I wish you all the best, brother. Same to you. Stay safe out there in Idaho. <laughs> for sure, man. All right. Peace out, man. Have a good one.